Welcome to the Mom's Day Bunker with Carrie Henson. In the bunker, you will find joy, grief, laughter, and remembrance. It is a safe place for moms to gather during the storms of motherhood, to share stories and to encourage each other as we navigate doomsday moments that change the trajectory of our path as women. Our stories contain difficult subjects that may be triggering for some listeners. These are real stories from real moms that are surviving, have survived, and are thriving after the unthinkable happened. Please take care of your mama heart as we cozy up together, take shelter from the world, and begin. Hello! Hello! Welcome and thank you. Thank you for going on to your podcast platform and seeing the title, The Mom's Day Bunker, and thinking to yourself, huh, I wonder what kind of crazy that is. And then you clicked on it. (laughs) So thank you. We are going to have so much fun and we're going to learn a lot um, over the series of these episodes. But listen, let me introduce myself. My name is Carrie Henson. I'm a mom of six and I'm a storyteller. I love to tell stories. Now, traditionally, I have told stories on stage as a performer using other people's words because that is so much easier than using my own words and coming up with my own stuff. But um, but I do love to tell stories and I love to make people laugh. And I've kind of merged these two purposeful things in my life, which is motherhood and storytelling together and came up with the mom's day bunker. So let me let me kind of rewind and <laughs> and tell you how where this started, the origin story of the Mom's Day Bunker, if you will. Back in, I guess, 2018. So this was right after Hurricane Harvey. Now, if you are in Texas or Louisiana, you remember Hurricane Harvey. It hit Houston hard. It hit the, it hit the Texas coast hard. But for some reason, that jerk face just sat on top of Houston, and it was unpredicted, and it was unprecedented. And it dumped like 52 inches on the city. We all flooded. It was crazy. It was, it was just a wild ride. Well, I guess about eight months, seven or eight months after Hurricane Harvey, we were able to move back into our house after we lost everything. And it was one of those, oh man, it was one of those perfect nights. It was cold outside. It was still dark early and we had nothing planned, no activities, no soccer practice or orchestra practice or, or church activities or mom groups or meetings or working late or softball practice. Man, we had nothing. And, and as a mom of six, we are always very busy. We're always very busy. And I like that. I, that's, that's what I like about, um, that's what I choose for my family and that's what we like to do. So we get busy and we do all these extracurricular activities. But this night, we had nothing. We had nothing, and we had just bought this huge sectional couch that was surrounded by tons of boxes that I still hadn't unpacked. My youngest was a nursing infant, and my oldest was an eighth grader. And we're sitting on the couch, and I grab the remote. Now, if you have multiple children, you will know what I'm, what I'm talking about when I say, whoever has the remote has the power. 
And the kids often fight over the remote, right? Because they get to choose what we watch and they have the power. Well, mama had the power that night. Mama had the power. And I was determined not to watch a cartoon, an animated series. I just, I couldn't do it. And I had, I had a lot of little ones, but I just, I needed a break. Y'all, I needed a break. So I turn on the TV and I start scrolling through, uh, I don't even remember. I think it was Netflix. But I come across this show titled Doomsday Prepper. Never heard of it before. I think it had air, I think it aired 2011 through maybe 2014. And this was 2018. So this is years past the fact. And I thought, what is this? And I read the description. I was like, I bet we could watch this. This will be fine. So I click on first episode and y'all, we were so entranced by this episode, by, by by these doomsday preppers that every single one of my kids and myself were just glued to the screen. It was glue, we were glued to the screen. It was so it was so out of our wheelhouse. Like we had never, even though we had gone through a natural disaster just, you know, seven months prior to that moment, it never dawned on us that there was this whole community out there that were prepping for doomsday, you know, moments like zombie apocalypse and nuclear fallout and economic crashes and, you know, alien invasion. I mean, listen, it, it, it was vast. It was vast. And it was so fun. I mean, it was fun. And it, and it ignited this curiosity in me. I was like, who are these people that go and, and do this? I mean, they're building bunkers. And I thought, man, that's cool. I want a bunker. How cool would it be to have a bunker? Now, if you live anywhere in Tornado Alley in the United States, then you you kind of understand like you got to have a cellar, you got to have a basement, you got to have something that you shelter from that. And and I so I kind of thought, well, I kind of had a bunker growing up because we were we we li- where I grew up, we lived kind of at the beginnings of Tornado Alley. And we would get occasional tornadoes and I thought, yeah, we, you know, we had a we had a place that we would we would bunk down to to weather the storm. There was this one guy who had bought an old silo or something. I think it was a silo. And he uh and he was like in Nebraska or or Kansas, like somewhere in the Plains area. And he was probably 30 years old and he'd spent you know, his whole savings on this on this silo and he's turning it into a bunker and he thought, yeah, now I need a woman. <laughs> now I need a woman to like, you know, help me with the bunker and and when and when it hits the fan, then we'll we'll repopulate the earth. And he and so he goes on this blind date with this woman, very sweet lady. And at the end of the day, he's like, hey, w- will you meet me tomorrow? I want to show you uh, I want to show you my bunker, you know? She's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, why not? She shows up the next day and at a, at a random place, and he's like, okay, I can't take you, the, I can't let you see where it is, so I'm going to blindfold you, <laughs> take you into the middle of nowhere, and show you this underground bunker. <laughs> and she was like, nope, I don't think so. But somehow, I think the the, I would assume that the television crew, the camera crew, 
convinced her and said, let us for a show. You're going to be safe. And so she ended up going and, uh, and it was just, it was bizarre, y'all. And there was another family that is, that is in the like Carolina foothills and they're building a castle because it worked in the medieval times. Why wouldn't it work now? And, and they were talking about, you know, water storage and food storage and, and oh my gosh, so many guns, <laughs> so many guns. And, it was just so, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It was like, who are these people? Where are they? I was so curious. I was so curious because we had just been through a unprecedented flooding in our area. We lost our home and and I was already a prepper. I didn't know it when I watched the show. But I was like, oh, wait, yeah, no, I... I had a what they call a bug out bag. I I packed that as water was coming into my home. I had every single child's backpack full of socks, underwear, clothes, shoes, you a snack and a juice box. I was like, if we have that, we're good to go. You know, like we we are already a prepper. Moms are. We just don't know it. Right. So I'm putting I'm putting the language to what mothers already are. We're we're mom's day preppers. Or, you know, not doomsday. I don't, you know, maybe aliens are out there and maybe zombies will break out. And, you know, it's possible. All those things are possible. I don't know how probable they are, but they are absolutely possible. And when you're talking about a mom's day moment. That is very possible. That's very, very possible. And I know it's possible because it's happened to me four times. Four times. And the things that have happened to my motherhood, these mom's day moments, these doomsday attacks on my motherhood are not unique. They're not unique. What is unique is that it's happened to one mom. And I'll give you an example. So my first uh, Mom's Day moment that I experienced, and listen, there are a lot of many Mom's Day moments out there, and everyone experiences many Mom's Day moments. And then there are atomic bombs, right? That atomic bomb that just lands in your lap as a mother. And my first Mom's Day moment came to me in 2015. And I found myself at the emergency room, a total fluke that I was even there, didn't want to be there. It was Friday the 13th. I think at that time, Obamacare was like pretty new and a lot of people were, you know, dealing with that and so it was just a it was just a madhouse. It was going to be I had to go downtown Houston. It was going to be a madhouse. I didn't want to go. And this was my fourth baby. I was I was going to be there with my fourth baby. So I'm not a new mom. It's not my first rodeo. I'm not overly scared about everything. But I go and within several hours of being there, I'm told that my 9-month-old baby will be dead before his first birthday because he has cancer. 
Wow. Wow. That was hard. That changed our lives. It turned our lives upside down. It changed my motherhood. It changed the baby's life. It changed his older sister's life, his next older sister's life, his older brother's life, his dad's life, his grandparents' life, his cousin's life, his aunt and uncle's life, our neighbor. Like it changed the ripple effect of that Mom's Day moment is really still moving. And any cancer mom will tell you, you go through cancer, you, you, you fight like hell, and you either win on, on earth or you win in heaven. It's your only option. You either win on earth or you win in heaven. But it never ends. It never ends. There's always going to be there's always going to be something. Like you don't you don't fight cancer and and beat cancer and it's over. Childhood cancer. You don't it, it's not over. It's your child. There's always going to be something in you. You're going to look at your other children differently. You're going to look at their medical needs differently. You're going to look at your cancer baby differently. You're going to look at your marriage differently, your finances differently. There is before childhood cancer. There is before a mom's day moment and there is after. And they're never going to be the same. You're never going to get it back. There was before the atomic bomb and there is after. Our world will never go back to before. Just like a mom's day moment, our motherhood will never go back to before. So these are hard. I mean, these are hard topics, right? These are hard things to hear. They're hard. I, I've, I've got a lot of moms who have been so brave and so willing and so vulnerable to speak with me about their Mom's Day moments. Because when I tell you, when I was in my Mom's Day, my first Mom's Day moment with childhood cancer, man, I was so lonely. I was lonely and, and I was vastly supported. I mean, wow, people rallied around our family. We had at one point all 50 states thinking about praying for, sending good vibes to our son. We had six continents, at one point six continents, thinking about praying for, sending good vibes to our son. We were vastly supported. And I was incredibly lonely because I didn't know, I didn't have anyone close to me at that time that had, that had been through a mom's day moment. And if you don't go through it, you don't know, you don't get it, you don't understand, you want to, gosh, you want to understand. And you want to be there for your friend and you want to be there for your daughter and you want to be there for your sister. But if you, if you haven't gone through it, you don't get it. And it's so hard. And it's incredibly lonely. So if you're listening to this and you're going through it right now, you know. It's like you feel like, man, nobody, I, just, I don't know what to do with all these emotions. I don't know what to do with all of this pain that is, that is in me. And I, I don't, there's not a how-to book. There's no how-to book. I, I can't go get Mom's Day moments for dummies. I can't go get step one, step two, step three. 
I don't understand. Is there anyone else out there in the world that is going through this right now that can, that can, oh man, empathize with me, that can validate me, that can, that can just listen to me and fully understand how hard it is to fully get that you will never go back to before? Yes. Yes, there is. And, and that's what this is. That's what the bunker is for. That's what the Mom's Day bunker is for. It, it is a space for you to come and share and remember and cry and laugh and grieve. And it's a place to learn. It's a beautiful, wonderful place to learn. Now, I've come up through my time in these Mom's Day moments and wrestling with the trauma of it and wrestling with seeing my kids go through the trauma of it. I often get, listen, y'all, I get asked a lot, how did, how did you get through that? How did you manage? What, what did you do? You know, like these, these especially young moms, oh, especially young moms, like they sincerely are scared, like, oh, oh, Lord, I do not want that to happen to me. How, I don't, how did you get through it? Give me all the information. Or, or I'll be told, man, you're super mom. How do you do that? You're super mom. And, and, you know, the truth is there are things you can do to prepare for these Mom's Day moments. And I've, I've come in to, to learn what those are. I've investigated what they are. They're very, they're practical and you can do them now. Whether you've been in a Mom's Day moment or not, you can do it now. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, those moms that, that I've had the pleasure of talking to so far, and we go through these preps and we talk about these items, they go, yeah, absolutely. I wish I, I, wish I had done that before the bomb was dropped. I wish I had this information before my child had cancer, before my daughter took fentanyl, before my son went into the mental hospital before my baby died, before, you know, my spouse died, before the, sto- the stories are vast. The stories are vast. They're never ending and they're vast. And I wish I had known that before my, my son, we were told my son's heart wouldn't work. I, you know, I, I wish I had known that before our home was destroyed. I wish I had known that before you know, I found out my son is going to have Down syndrome. I wish I had known these things. I wish I had known these things to help guide me through it. So let's talk about that. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because we're going to, we're going to go over it with some of the moms too. And, and we'll, I'll go into detail later, but I, but I want you to start thinking. I want you to start like, okay, you know, we're, this is a, this is a beautiful space to learn. So let's, let's learn. And the, and the number one prep the number one prep that you must have to survive Mom's Day moments is community. It's community. You have to have a community. And that is not easy for everybody. It's easy for me because I'm like really weird. I'm like the weirdest, most crazy extrovert you will ever meet. Every single like personality tests, the the Briggs Myers test, and the you know all of them, one hundred percent extrovert every time, 
not even 99% extrovert, 1% introvert. Nope, 100% crazy extrovert. I'm the one that will talk to everybody at the party, like crazy extrovert. So community was is not a hard one for me, but it is hard for a lot of people. Join a book club. Join a church group. Join a, a wine tasting group. Just get to know other people. Build a community. You don't have to be FF, you know, with everybody, but they need to know you. And guess what? Guess what? Oh, y'all are going to kill me for this one, but guess what? Facebook is not a community. It is a tool to reach your community, but it is not a community. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all the social media apps. It is not a community. It is a tool to reach your community. Finances, number two. Ooh, nobody likes to talk money. But you got to have your finances in check. Look up Dave Ramsey. I like him because he's funny. I mean, he's like no nonsense, down to earth. But there's a ton. There's a ton of financial institutions out there and books and coaches and all the things. If you are living to paycheck to paycheck right now, if you are living in debt and, a, and an atomic bomb is dropped on your lap, it is going to be very, very hard. I call, I call uh, Super G, my cancer baby, I call him my million-dollar baby. He's my million-dollar baby. Let that sink in. And it was more than a million. He's, a, he's my multi-million dollar baby. And there's not, there's not an amount a mother or father will not pay to save their child's life. But it gets real hard when you can't pay the electric bill while you're saving your child's life. Number three, make memories. Make memories right now. If you are a mom that hates, hates the summertime because you hate getting in the swimsuit, girl, I am with you. I get it. I got cellulite. My boobs aren't great and perky anymore. I'm not 21. I'm not strutting down the beach. But my kids deserve to have me in pictures. I deserve to be in those pictures with my kids. I deserve to have memories swimming in the swimming pool with my kids. I deserve my kids to have those memories with me. My kids deserve it. Take take your Christmas budget, cut it in half, and spend a weekend doing something, making memories. Do something to make the memories because you you will not get the opportunity back. Every mom who has lost a child will tell you, I wish I had more time. Make the memories. Number four, this one's hard too. This one was hard. This one's hard for me. This one's hard for me because my ego gets in the way, but healing, healing is so important. We all have our, we all have our childhood. We all have our past. We all have parents that, that made mistakes. Oh, I had 80s parents. It doesn't get more mistakes than 80s parents, right? I, had not, I was a teenager in the 90s. We were drinking strawberry boons in the forest. Mom and dad didn't know. There were no GPS trackers <laughs> in the 90s. Thank God. You know, 
you got to heal. You got to heal. You always got to be working on healing. Healing has no stop sign. There's no end of the road for healing. Healing continues and continues and continues. And when you are dealt with a mom's day moment, which is a big T trauma, you have to get through it some way. I am not here to tell you how to do it. I'm here to give information. And I'm not telling you to do it right this minute because, you know, you can't, right? You can't. It took me 37 years to heal from, from a traumatic event in my life. 37 years I held on to that crap. It took me probably five years to process childhood cancer, and I'm still working through it. But you got to heal. Number five, awareness. Now, awareness is tricky because we live in a weird world right now where all this information is coming at us. And so we're like, oh, do we believe this? Do we not believe this? Is this AI? Is this like Russia? Is this, you know, some troll sitting in their basement in Minnesota? Like what's happening? You know, is this article right? Is that article right? Is this a dot a dot org or a dot gov or like where's the resource, right? So awareness is difficult, but awareness is going to come for me through these stories because these are these are personal. These are real personal stories. And you can take the information, you can become aware of what's going on in your world. And then you can react appropriately. So one of the things I want to talk about later in later episodes is food shortages. We are actually in a food shortage worldwide. Now, we don't feel it in America, but I guarantee you some moms in other countries are feeling it. So how do we how do we help them? How do we prepare ourselves? Fentanyl, huge problem. Become aware. What is narco? What is that? I didn't know what that was. And then I met a mom and I found out what it was. Human trafficking. Ooh, that's scary. That is that scares me. Human trafficking is wild. I got a my oldest son is on the border serving our country. And He's learned how to ask in Spanish, children, is this your mother? Is this your father? Do you know this person? Because it happens every day. It happens every day. Scary. So becoming aware. And the last one, I think is the most beautiful one. But it's also the most personal one. And that is your spirituality. That's your spirituality. And I, I, I'm going to love, I love people in general. I, like, I just love people. I don't really love people in traffic, <laughs> especially Houston traffic, but, but I do love people. And I love them where they're at on their spiritual journey, whatever that means to them. I'm going to tell you what it means to me. To me, it is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And I have really been angry at the Trinity. I have cussed them. I have cursed them. I have walked away from them. I have investigated them. I have gone to every different type of denominational church in my life trying to figure out, like, what does the spiritual spirituality mean? What is the spiritual realm? How does this... 
work. It doesn't make sense. I can't touch it. I can't, I can't see it. I can't taste it. I can't hear it. But for me, it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. There was this lady on one of the doomsday preppers. <laughs> this lady was crazy. She, well, I say she was crazy because it was kind of a crazy situation. I, you know, who am I to judge? I'm pretty crazy myself, but she was English. She was British. She married an American man. She didn't have custody of her two boys. They were living in England with their dad. And, um, and, and she had bought this beautiful property up in the Appalachian Mountains, very isolated property that had some buildings on it, like some old, maybe some old homesteads or whatever. And, and she bought this because a ghost told her to buy it. Y'all, y'all, like all my kids were laughing that we were like, what is this lady? A ghost came to her in a dream, told her that an asteroid was pummeling towards earth and was going to kill everybody except for this one spot, okay? And this lady must have been hella rich because land ain't cheap up there. And she bought like 250 acres or something. It was a vast amount of land. And and she was putting all this money into it because she had to, I mean, the asteroid was coming, y'all. The ghost was like, the asteroid's gonna be here in like two years, so you better get a move on. And, and so she was filling, she was, you know, stocking up on food and stocking up on all these things. And she brought her teenage boys over from England for the filming. You know, reality show is really just a, it's just a show. Okay. It's a show. Some of it's reality, but it's a show too. And so these teenage boys were like, cool, mom, this is great. And they're learning all these neat American wilderness things. And, and she finally sat down. She's like, well, listen, y'all. And her teenage boys were like, oh, they were pissed. They were so mad. They were like, why is my mom the way she is? As all teenagers do, right? I have teenagers and they look at me and they go, mom, why are you the way you are? And we laughed. We laughed at that lady. I still think about her and we laughed. But it, but it is interesting because I also believe in a ghost. It's called the Holy Ghost. And he's moved in my life. He's moved my life. We believe in a spirituality. And when we are grounded in spirituality, we can get through mom's day moments. We can. We can. Absolutely, we can. And those that aren't are going to struggle. They're going to struggle so bad. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen it on the pediatric oncology floor where cancer does not discriminate it does not discriminate how, how old of a mother you are. It doesn't discriminate what color your skin is. It doesn't discriminate how rich you are or how poor you are. It does not care where your child comes from. It will attack you. And those moms, those Muslim moms, those Hindu moms, those Christian moms, those Jewish moms that I met and I saw on that floor, they were faithful. And they had hope. And those moms that did not believe in anything did not have hope. And you know what I noticed? Their kids were a lot sicker. They were a lot sicker. 
So that that last prep, you know, it's real personal. And I'm not here to judge. This is this is this is about motherhood. I'm here to love you where you are in your spiritual journey. And I'm going to love that lady who has that property in the Appalachian Mountains because a ghost told her to get it. And I, <laughs> the great thing, I, this is, I'm going to wrap up with this, but the, what I love about the prepper community, and I have really delved into it. I listen to podcasts. I've met a lot of people. They're just amazing, sincere people. And I am absolutely 100% a doomsday prepper, like 100%. I don't exactly know what I'm preparing for as far as doomsday is concerned, but I'll tell you this. When the pandemic hit in 2020, they were laughing. They were la- they were laughing. They were like, we have so much toilet paper and all these other people have none. <laughs> you know, they were like, they were like, see, we told you something would happen. We knew something was coming. We didn't know what it was, but we knew something was coming. And I've learned a lot. And, and I've learned that there are preppers, there are survivalists, and then there are tinfoil hat individuals out there. And that's okay too. That's okay too. We can learn from each other. We can support each other. So I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so grateful that (laughs) that you saw Mom's Day Bunker and chuckled maybe or raised an eyebrow maybe and said, huh, all right, that that sounds crazy. Let's see what what this was about. Because you're going to meet some incredible moms. You're going to meet some incredible moms. And I'm so blessed. So I'll leave you with this. A quote by Jill Churchill. There is no way to be the perfect mother, but a million ways to be a good mother. Until next time.